0: of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus.
1: Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and in this episode, I sat down with the extraordinarily prolific, talented, and utterly hilarious Simon Rich. Sometimes you'll say, so-and-so is a comedy writer or comedian, and purposely not say whether they're funny or not, because you don't really think they're that funny. And now I'm gonna sound like it's overkill when I say that he's hilarious but you're just gonna have to decide for yourself even if you feel a little bit yoked into that decision, don't. Simon Rich was the youngest writer ever hired at SNL, he's written for Pixar, The New Yorker, I think he writes for The New Yorker every other day. It only comes out once a week but he gets to write for it all of the time. I feel like if Simon Rich had a grocery list it would be included in The New Yorker, it would be serialized. He also has his own show ordered by FXX, so he's working on that in Canada right now. In this episode, you will actually get to hear from the voice of the writer and creator, and you'll know why I gave him a Road Doll book at the end, um, because he certainly captures the same imaginative flair of one of his heroes. All right, enough, enough, enough. Let's get to the episode without further nonsense. Utter nonsense for me. Let's listen. It was tape live at Joe's Pub so you may hear a little clinking and clacking of wine glasses. So if you have some wine, I would suggest pouring it now. Enjoy our interview. Simon, welcome. Thank you, thanks for having me. So we were talking about improv comedians backstage and I I have a a saying, this is a generalization, but that stand-up comedians weren't loved enough by their parents and improv comedians were loved a little bit too much. So where, where would where do
0: prop comedians fit into that? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. I was going to ask you where comedy writers fit into that.
0: Comedy writers, gosh, um, I uh, I work in a room full of them. Uh, I I think the only thing we have in common is that we we love to watch television. That's pretty much it. I I, I mean it's it's uh, you watch those uh, you watch shows like Thirty Rock or the Dick Van Dyke Show and you see all of these. Uh, you know, ukulele strumming, uh, witty, brilliant people, uh, cracking wise, trying to one up each other. Um, most of the writers' room side been and it's pretty much just like, did you guys see that Cheers, where uh, they got locked out of the bar, and everyone's like, kind of just like, yeah, and that's pretty much the majority of the day.
1: I did.
0: <laughs> at, at a certain point, you break for lunch. There's some discussion of what we're going to eat, and then back to Cheers reminiscing.
1: I did read that when you were young, you, would, you were grateful to your mom that you were able to watch five Simpson episodes in a day or something like that.
0: Yeah, at least. I, yeah, I still try to get a good five in there.
1: Now, how do you find the time when you're running your own show, um, which is about to be on FXX, Man Seeking Woman, which is based on your book, The Last Girlfriend on Earth, and um, how do you find the time to, to watch so much television when you're writing for it? Because so, you are really prolific.
0: Um, well, well, the, the the books I write are very short. Uh, it's an important distinction. Um, the uh, the font is always really big. Okay. Um, the margins are large. Um, sometimes there'll be weirdly there'll just be some like blank pages scattered throughout.
1: Uh, that's true. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, so like I
0: didn't. here you'll see like you know you'll see like you know big margins already. You know that's that's a tell right there. That somebody didn't make their uh, their word count, but then also, uh, you know, when when a page when a story stops in the middle of a page, what they'll do is they'll just leave the rest blank, just more just free space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you
0: you as a writer you just sort of learn the tricks of the trade as you go on.
1: And you had two books done, I think. You know, as a teenager, was that before your bar mitzvah? I just want to.
0: How did you find that? (laughs) Yeah. That, that's actually my college graduation uh, I went to yeshiva school so.
1: yeshiva school of Dalton
0: right um, not that big ha- of a difference
1: is ha- I know that you went to Harvard is, is having two books before you graduate the norm there
0: uh, <laughs> well at Harvard everybody is off doing legitimate uh, things with their lives so you know I was, I was off writing comedy books and 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 you know, trying to get my five Simpsons a day in, and you know, I was surrounded by future senators and doctors and professors. So uh, I always felt sort of like, the, if anything, the, the 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 least accomplished person in my dorm.
1: I recently did a comedy show where the host was 13 and she would already had her first TED talk. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I, I remember when we were applying for college, thinking that's so funny. What's a patent? And now I know where, why I'm here and why why you're here. Um, <laughs> How did, you know, how did you know to even publish
0: a book? Um, I, really just uh, copying my heroes, ripping off the people I loved. Uh, one of the first places I, I sold anything to was actually Mad Magazine. Oh, wow. Uh, um, what was that that you sold? Uh, that was, uh, I, I, I wrote comic strips for them in college. Um, uh, my, I had a recurring one called Middle School Nostradamus. Uh, it was Nostradamus uh, in middle school, and he could predict the future, but it just didn't help him much. <laughs> Uh, boys would be like you're weird, I'm going to beat you up and he would be like, I know
1: (laughs) It's the precursor to it gets better-ish I think Uh,
0: uh, But yeah, I I started from a really early age sending stories off to magazines and um, mostly getting rejected and um, bit by bit the rejection letters became um, less hostile and uh, more encouraging and eventually I started to, to sell some
1: have you had anyone who rejected you who now has queried you or looked for a job from you?
0: Yeah, it happens all the time. But you never, it's, it's never that, that Hollywood moment of, like, you know, like, like ha-ha, uh-huh, like, you know, <laughs> screw you, because it's like you realize the people who read these things are, are 21-year-old interns. Right. So, you know, whoever rejected me at McSweeney's in 2004 is, you know, is, is, many years have passed, and that's, you know, a different. No, so, so you don't really get that grudge moment
1: and now he's an intern at the New Yorker. <laughs> Maybe,
0: I don't know.
1: Um, I did want to ask, because your, your family is so prolific. I, w- I was reading the New York Review of Books, and I saw you know your dad, Frank Rich, and your brother, Nathaniel Rich. That's like my
0: brother, yeah.
1: Did you, have you read this copy? You may want to read it before Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, gosh, I should really, yeah. I got to catch up.
1: But I, I wanted to ask, did you learn, you know, and I, your mom is a publisher, did, what were things you learned from having, particularly I would say with your dad, because he was a freelance writer, and you're a freelance writer. like yeah. What are things that you learned that I suppose the rest of us, whose whose who's parents were not freelance writers, wish um, we wish we had known?
0: Well, the, the, I think the big thing I learned is is just that to be a writer, you need to to write every single day. Um, you actually have to do you have it. To sit down and physically write, yeah. uh, no. which is something that they don't teach you in like Hollywood portrayals of writing. No, it's mostly just walking around like uh, fountains and occasionally being like aha, and then the next <laughs> like shot is like winning an award. Um, so, or he
1: writes a lot one night. Like or there's yeah, one like night one night write, yeah, that he stays and it's up and like everything. And
0: yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think uh, having a family where everybody was a writer kind of demystified the process for me. Yeah. But actually, I, I, you know, when right now I I write mostly uh, uh, silly stories and uh, gags for for uh, for for screen. But um, when I when I started out, I wanted to be a serious, uh, hard hitting journalist like like my father. That was my original dream, and that's why. Uh, when I was five, I started a uh, a newspaper uh called simon 's newspaper um, and I actually brought it with me here uh today
1: could you um, read read from it for us so, would that be okay?
0: yeah, so first a little bit of a uh, background about simon 's newspaper uh, for starters we unfortunately, we folded after just two issues <laughs> um, uh, i i don 't think it was i you know it,
1: how old were you when you... When I was you? five years old. I think
0: a few factors contributed to our demise. Uh, circulation was a problem from the very beginning. Um, I also think just as, as an investigative journalist, um, I was hindered by the fact that I was not allowed to leave the apartment. So my scope wasn't as wide as, you know, your Reuters or your AP. Um, and then, and of course, the biggest blow occurred when my mother told me um, that she no longer had time to um, uh, type the stories that I dictated to her uh, because she was busy raising me and she also had a full-time job. So, um, and, you know, when you lose your publisher, uh, it's just really hard to recover that, you know. And also, you know, new media, it's a lot of things to blame. Um, But I'm going to read you some. um, uh, This is from the... uh, uh, editorial page, and this is actually an editorial about uh, foreign policy that I still stand by. Um, It's called Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev is a pretty good leader of France. (laughs) Um, This next piece uh, is... uh, This is... uh, this one's a, this is a review, this is a, re- a review of the, of the classic Tim Burton uh, Batman movie. Um, and I think though, looking back, I think my, uh, my review of this movie, um, I think it was affected by the fact that I was not allowed to see it, uh, <laughs> due to scariness. Um, but here's, here's my review anyway. Um, I stand by this too. Uh, I am telling you that Batman isn't good at all there might be a movie about it, but that doesn't have anything to do with going Batman crazy. <laughs> we are real, and Batman isn't. <laughs> and then um, another thing that I did was it, one one thing about having your own newspaper, because I did everything. Yes. I did. I did the. I, well, not the not the publishing or the or, typing. Or, yeah. But I, you know, I I I, I had a lot. Of, I I had a lot of different hats at Simon's newspaper. Including
1: and it, delivery, I assume. Including delivery, exactly, yeah.
0: yeah personal delivery to, to the whole, to the whole uh, readership. Um, so sometimes, I, I didn't have time to do everything, which explains this feature, which is called uh, make your own comics. And it's just, I don't know if you can see it, but it's just a bunch of white squares. Just uh, make, make them yourself. Um, but yeah, we, we did go out of business, and that's when I decided maybe I'll do the, do the comedy thing instead.
1: Um, well, we are very grateful that you did and are, are losing you for three months to go shoot your your first te- television show, Man Seeking Woman, which is based on um, The Last Girlfriend on Earth. Right. And you also dedicated um, part of, one of the people you dedicated was Stephen Merritt of The Magnetic Field. That's true. Or acknowledged true. him. Acknowledged I, I him. put
0: him in the acknowledgement. Yeah, I, I, uh, My career has just been made up of ripping off everyone I can, like, as, as cravenly as possible, and and one of the people I feel like uh, I've tried to rip off the most is is, is Stephen Merritt and the Magnetic Fields. Uh, this, is a, this is a collection of love stories. There's about thirty love stories, and they're they're written in various genres. And it's sort of my uh, half baked attempt to do a kind of literary '69 love songs uh, was my was my hope. If I, I, if I got ten percent towards that goal, it would be a, a victory.
1: As a as a, a fan of both '69 love songs and um, your the last girlfriend on Earth as well as your new one coming out. Um, I think that inspired is the word you're supposed to use instead of ripped off. Thin line. Thin line. Yeah. It's a thin line. But when you see your the, how much a lawyer costs, just stick with inspired. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that would <laughs> a better good way call, to go. Yeah. So you're going to go off and and film this, Man Seeking Woman, mm-hmm. which you're executive producing with your first boss, Lauren Michaels.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, over in Toronto where, uh, where he's from. Uh, yeah, so we're shooting it. Um, look for it on uh, FXX and... Uh, uh, January, I don't know the exact date. Uh, Man Seeking Woman, starring, uh, the brilliant Jay Baruchel.
1: Well, can we, uh, I, I, it depends. If you guys see Judd Apatow movies, you will recognize him. And if you don't see Judd Apatow movies, uh, he looks like every other, um, uh, you know, swarthy Jewish guy in Brooklyn. It, he'll take it. I'm sure he'll take that, I think that, that's yeah. a fair thing. Yeah. Um, can, can you promise that you will come back then when you return?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to be back in New York. Uh, this is I'm, I'm leaving in a few days, so it's great to see all of you. And, uh, and thank you so much for having me on your awesome show.
1: Such a delight. A yeah. huge fan. Get Simon Rich's spoiled brats, as thank well you. as last girlfriend and Earth. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you so much to Ian Mazoff for editing this together. Thanks to all of you for listening. Go to our YouTube page. You can go to Monkeys Are Adorable. You can check out Employee of the Month Show with Katie Lazarus on YouTube. Katie is with a C, C-A-T-I-E, It's Not My Fault. I'm named after a Jane Austen character. And definitely come to the next live shows. They're going to be amazing, objectively speaking. October 29th at 9.30 p.m. at Joe's Pub and December 5th at 9.30 p.m. at Joe's Pub. They're late, so that way you can get home from work and exercise. I'm not saying you need to lose weight. I'm just putting it out there. That's it. I'm Katie Lazarus. Thank you. So now, go and do some work. Stop procrastinating. All right, all right.